When you attack a fat person, you know, when a troll comes into the community and tells a fat person that they are, you're disgusting, you're a burden on the system, you know, really wants to hurt them, thinking that they're benefiting that person's health, what damage are you doing to that person's mental health? Why do you not consider that actually their mental well-being is just as important as whether they've eaten a vegetable today? It gets better cause it has to get better Hi, you're listening to the Made of Human podcast. I'm Sophie Hagen. I am your host uh, of this podcast. This is a live episode and I have literally just uh, come home from the recording and I'm still buzzing because the audience was amazing and Megan was incredible and I just had such a good time and I had so much fun. So uh, I'm going to try and make this quick because I want to send this to Sarah Garvey, who's my uh, editor, I think it's called, the person... Um, cutting all of this together um so before i let you listen to this episode first i want to say i uh, i'm guessing that a lot of you listening won't have listened to the podcast before and might not even know <laughs> might not even know might not know who i am so thank you so much for tuning in to listen to megan she's um she, uh, she won't disappoint and um thank you for well you'll hi i'm sophie i'm a stand-up comedian i'm from denmark uh that's why i speak like this and um yeah, so I uh, don't want to say too much. I just want to let you listen to this episode with Megan. Uh, what I do want to say is um, I have just released my new show on Download, um, which is so exciting and I'm so proud. I filmed it in front of a lot of you listeners at Two North Down in London. And um, the show, if you don't know, is about it's a comedy show about emotional abuse. It sounds darker than it is. It's um, a comedy show about my grandfather, who was a bit of a bad guy. And it was um, quite a challenge writing a show about that and trying to make it funny. But I would like to say that I did succeed. <laughs> um, so we filmed it and now it's out for download. So you can either download it or stream it. It's a minimum of five pounds. You can give more if you want to uh, help me pay my rent. <laughs> uh, you can go to Sophie Hagen, S-O-F-I-E-H-A-G-E-N.com forward slash shop. And you can buy it for five pounds in there. Download or stream it in uh, high resolution or uh, lower resolution or whatever it's called. S-D-H-D. Who, who knows? Um, you can also buy my show from last year, Shimashetta, which is about being a bit of a, a weirdo. Um, also, uh, you listen to this because of Megan, so I want to say in my newest show, it's called Dead Baby Frog, uh, there is a lot of talk about fatness and fat bodies, but it's primarily about my grandfather. I wonder how those two are connected. Oh dear. Anyways, uh, there's still, there should still be some tickets left for the Soho Theatre run. Um, this should come out on a Wednesday, and if you're listening to it on the day, uh, then tonight, Wednesday, if it, if it does come out Wednesday, tonight will be um, my chat with Jesse Cave. Thursday, tomorrow, will be my chat with Danny Wallace, and on Friday, I will chat with Travis Alabanza, and uh, it's all going to be very exciting. So SohoTheater.com for tickets for that. Um, I have loads more to say. I will save it for the outro so that um, you can get to listen to Megan straight away. Uh, yeah, thank you for uh, <laughs> listening to this. I uh, will let you enjoy uh, this chat that I had at the Soho Theatre on July 2nd with Megan Crabb, a.k.a. Buddy Pussy Panda. Hello. 
Thank you so much for coming. How uh, many of you have actually listened to the podcast? <laughs> fuck. Thank fuck. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Uh, this is uh, a lot of people. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to bring uh, Megan on in a tiny bit. Um, I don't know if there's anything I need to tell you. Because <laughs> I, I want to... This is the pa- pa- For those of you who didn't clap, I just acknowledge the ones who did. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who have no idea, it's a podcast called The Made of Human Podcast. And it's uh, about me talking to people about life. It's a very... <laughs> original concept. Uh, no one else is doing it. I don't know why. I don't know why. Why wouldn't you? Come on. Mark Maron, who? And um, uh, this is very nice. Thank you for coming. Um, it's going to be about an hour of me chatting to Megan, and uh, then we'll go and watch the rest of the game. Am I right? Oh, I know my audience. Yeah. Denmark lost last night, and it hurts so much. <laughs> it hurts. And I'd, I'd been in a show, and I ran to a pub, because it went into penalties, I think it's called, where they have to kick the ball a lot. And um, <laughs> penalties is the greatest, because what they do is, they just, like, they just get to kick the ball into the goal without any of the other people trying to kick it away. <laughs> it's like the best bit. <laughs> Anyways, so they got to do that a lot. And <laughs> I went into a pub... To, to watch it, hoping we'd win. And then as they were starting to kick and we were starting to lose, like, then when Croatia got a goal, um, cheating, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> probably, uh, <laughs> then, like, everyone in the pub started screaming, including, like, the bartenders. So I was, like, in a Croatian pub, <laughs> just going, woo, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> It was very hard. I had to be really like, oh, no, Denmark's God. (laughs) But on the inside, I was like, fuck you, Croatia. Um, Croatia's probably a fine country. If anyone's from Croatia, I'm sorry you have shitty footballers who steal trophies. (laughs) Anyways, that was not meant to happen. Um, I'm going to... I assume you all know Megan. She's Buddy Pussy Panda on all social media. You know who she is. She's absolutely amazing. Please give her a big round of applause for Megan Trapp. Wow. That is bright, isn't it? Do you remember the first time I met you? And I was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're kind of in the same like industry and we have so much in common and my first question was how do you do the hair like that <laughs> I was like that's not the most intelligent question you could have asked Megan Crab. that's fine you were wearing pink trousers and I, I think I talked to you for about 10 minutes about your trousers <laughs> so um, for people who might not know who you are do you want to just quickly tell them yeah, sure. Hi. Uh, my name is Megan and I run an account called Body Posy Panda where I'm all about body image and eating disorder recovery and feminism and all that good shit, really. Um, I have colourful hair and I love dogs. As you can see, they're all over my dress. Uh, and that's about it. That's like the basic facts of, of me. So um, I kind of... I have. Well, I had a, I'd planned another first question, but I because we said... So the thing we, where we met, I just only now remember what happened that day. And I kind of, um, I took Facebook hostage. <laughs> Remember that? Are we talking about the same event? Yeah, at Facebook headquarters. 
Yeah. Oh, there were so many free sweets there. Yeah, there were. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We're probably not allowed to tell people. There's so much free food. And then we went into the cafeteria, and there were only men. And we said, why are there only men here? And they said, oh, well, this is the engineers. I'm like, doesn't, answer the, doesn't really answer the question. <laughs> Does not at all answer the question, actually. But then we had to do a Facebook Live thing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they wanted us to be really positive and we had to talk about trolling. Yeah, we were not positive. <laughs> also, I don't think we were allowed to swear. We were not allowed that to swear. That really limits how you can talk about trolls. And Facebook. <laughs> we were not allowed... At one point, they wrote on the screen, say something positive about Facebook. <laughs> I like the colour blue. Because <laughs> I was so militant and I went... Well, I think it's very positive that they've invited us here to have this chat about trolls, because that must mean that they want to change their policies, um, you know, where they might want to go from not uh, supporting Nazis to maybe helping women. Uh, (laughs) You can just see the execs behind the cameras going... (laughs) And as we were walking away, someone, might have been you, went, yeah, you're going to lose your blue tick. Yeah. Worth it, though. So, but the first question I, want, I actually want to ask you, that was just indulgence. Um, so, because I've, I've heard you talk quite uh, a lot of times on podcasts and, and interviews and stuff, am I right to assume that you always actively attempt to talk about privilege very early on? I do try to do that. It's not like a a fun, easygoing conversation, is it? And sometimes people don't want to talk about that. Also, when people don't know, like, the basics of, like, body positivity, what it's all about, it can feel like an attack on them because you're (laughs) instantly going in there with, yeah, but thin white people. um, And that's a lot. That can be a lot. They get so angry. (laughs) Not not, not all. Hashtag not all men. Um, But... (laughs) Yes, all white, thin women. (laughs) But it, it... it needs to be addressed pretty much straight away, doesn't it? Like, it, it really should yeah. be in there. But I quite like it, because I, I, the interviews I've listened to, they've gone, hi, how are you? And you're like, I acknowledge my privilege. <laughs> <laughs> so what I, And it's so good. So what I wanted to do, actually, was to give you, like, a natural um, chance of, of saying, like, if there's something you want to... Do you want to start by acknowledging? I would love to acknowledge my privilege. Um... <laughs> I am a size 16, light-skinned, uh, mixed-race woman. So within the realm of body positivity, it's, I am very much of the belief that it is all bodies, all shapes, all sizes, no size limits, come on now, all skin colours, genders, abilities, ages, everyone. Um, but that the people who have had the least spotlight in, you know, in the media and in our society should really get some spotlight and should really like be at the forefront and I am not that like um I am quite represented already and uh, you know I'm in the position that I'm in because I'm kind of palatable like I'm like the I'm not quite vanilla ice cream but I'm like vanilla with a caramel swirl I mean (laughs) I wasn't even intending to make that racial but that's accurate anyway um I'm not too, like, advanced. I'm not, like, a, you know, artisan, strawberry, peppermint gelato. Um, so people are like, yeah, okay, yeah, we can get on board with that. We can get on board with that. But then also sometimes when I'm like, actually, um, you should really follow this person. They are wonderful. They are a dark-skinned, fat woman of colour. Um, people are like, oh, it's too far. 
almost too far. And at which point I have to be like, what are you talking about? No, this movement was for them, actually. If you're just here for me, then you kind of need to move along and like get with the program. So yeah, I, I like to make that clear. <laughs> Good. Now we can all relax. <laughs> I, of course, have no privilege. Anyways. Um, <laughs> No, I just, I like that you do that. Do you feel like you have to do it? Or is it, like, how much is, are you scared that if you don't say it quick enough, someone's going to be, because I know this, so within, I don't know how much people are into the whole body positivity, and I almost want to say versus fat acceptance. You know what I mean by that? Like, there's a lot of chat about, um, like, how body positivity has become this, like, capitalized, is that a word? Capitalismized. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so do you feel... Do you feel like you, yeah, I guess that's my question. Like, do you feel like you really have to say it? And, and not just because, of course, it's the right thing to do and it's something you, that does need to be said, but do you think people will get angry if you don't say it? Um, I, think, I think they would, uh, but also I think because so many people aren't saying it. Because like you said, body positivity has become so kind of mainstream and so... Um, Just, just turned, just turned into something entirely different. Capitalism. Um, <laughs> that it, it has to be said because not enough of those people are saying it. And this is something that I come back to as well. Like I, I acknowledge that I have a large amount of privilege in this body, but I equally believe that if it's not me there, someone who is not going to say these things is going to be there. Someone with more privilege who actually doesn't know about fat acceptance and doesn't know about diet culture and won't address the things will be there so yeah I, I, I gotta say it I gotta say it <laughs> so let's go all the way back so how how did it start and I mean not just you blowing up on Instagram and everything but like all the way back to when you were 12 13 14 and your life <laughs> God, I feel like I'm like in a, one of those lifetime movies <laughs> tell us about when your life did not look like this <laughs> Can you do that the little like musical intro? I didn't. I don't. I don't know what. I'm not sure what music I'm going for. It's like Harry Potterish. Oh, is it? Um, anyway. So. Talk about anorexia. Go. Wow. I can't follow that. I'm um, so sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> Do you actually want me to talk about this seriously now? <laughs> well, I didn't really give you a chance to no. do that. <laughs> But go on. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... Um, I, <laughs> I started having body image issues when I was like five, six. Um, that's when, you know, the old fat phobia, the old, you know, fat's the worst thing you can be messaging. Do you remember But, how that happened? Like, do you remember the moment? Or do you remember what, like, where it came from? I just remember, I remember starting primary school and like sitting down on this, um, on my like school table and everyone else on that table was thinner than me, uh, whiter than me and just sudden, like it's a sudden recognition of difference um, and it's all I could think about. I just remember looking at my legs and like how much space they took up in the chair next to the person next to me 
And then it just grew. It just grew and grew and grew and grew. And then, you know, the first boy that I liked told me that I was like, oh, you're good at sport for a big girl, aren't you? Um, and uh, so that, that also stuck and it just grew. And then it was the, the diets that I saw in the magazines and that my, the way that my mum talked about our body. And it just escalated. Uh, and, yeah, I was seriously dieting by the time I was 10. Um, and I was diagnosed with anorexia when I was 14. Slippery, slippery slope. So that, have, that started when you were 10 and then... So, because where's the, where's the, um, what's it called? Like the, the, where does it become anorexia from when it's just dieting? Because as you say, it's slippery slope. Like where's the yeah. offcut? So obviously like not everyone who, who goes on a diet develops an eating disorder. I think there are other factors. Like eating disorders are so complex and there's so many different factors to them. So for example, I was obsessed with thinness and I was hooked on dieting. That's one factor. I was also a complete perfectionist, all or nothing. Like nothing I did was ever good enough. That's another risk factor. Like if you're psychologically susceptible, um, and it just was kind of the perfect storm, you know. But dieting by itself is so much more dangerous than we're told it is. You know, it's something like 35% of dieters go on to develop disordered eating habits, um, and. And then a percentage of that as well go on to have full-blown eating disorders. So the fact that kids, <laughs> kids are being encouraged to diet, like literally by our government systems, um, is just setting them up to be fucked up. It really, really is. It even sounds too low, doesn't it? 35%. Yeah. I don't think I know anyone who has a, just a completely natural normal. A normal is a bad word, but like a healthy is also... But you know what I mean? Like an in, intuitive... Uh-huh. Uh, feeling around yeah, non-disordered, yeah. non-disordered. Yeah, yeah. but I think that's also because disordered eating is so normalised so yeah. most people that you know probably have some kind of disordered relationship with food but it's so normalised it's like yeah I mean cheat day fast day work it off you know burn this burn that and it's so normalised so when you was did you know it was happening I, like I remember when I was, well, I was, it's very different, of course, but when I was eight, maybe 19, and I was looking up, for some reason, I was looking up eating disorders, and I found binge eating disorder, and I didn't know that was, that that existed, and when you read, like, the symptoms, you go, oh, shit, that's what I do, (laughs) I just thought it was, you know, me eating a lot of food was just, like, laziness, or stupidity, or, like, all these words you blame yourself with when you've been on diets for so long, um, but was it the same kind of, oh, that's what I'm doing moment for you? Uh, no, it was, it was so much denial. It was, um, I really could not accept that there was a problem. The first time that I um, accepted that I actually had anorexia was when I was hospitalized. Okay. And before that, I was just, what you, that, what, why, why are you saying this is a problem? I'm just losing weight. Like, this is, this is how I've been kind of taught to exist as, as like, a girl. Why, where's the problem all of a sudden? Um, and, it, yeah, it wasn't until I kind of was very close to that rock bottom that, holy shit, yeah, this is actually a problem. So how did that, like, how, well, how did you get out of it, I guess is the question. Or did you? Because I know, like, with my, I don't think I'll ever have a completely non-disordered relationship with food like I just don't think that'll ever because it's been 29 years of my life where it's been like a huge factor in my life but where did what happened when you were hospitalized till now basically Uh, so 
There's this thing in um, like eating disorder recovery communities or, or, well, medical professionals actually will say that you're recovered from a restrictive eating disorder if you're no longer underweight. Because mm-hmm. we have this like really fucked up idea that, oh, well, you're not thin enough to have an eating disorder. So there you go, you're recovered. Um, so that's what they said to me, basically. I, I kind of hit my rock bottom and then I, I realised I was at rock bottom and I clawed my way up to the surface. Uh, visibly, you know, I'd gone... Um, I, don't, I don't like to name numbers because people compare but I had suddenly come into the world in a body that was like a size 12 um and everyone was like she's fine she's over it let's move on let's not talk about it and I was happy to do that as well because I wanted to get as far away from that point in my life as I could um but mentally I was still a mess and I carried that for so long but the funny thing is that when you come out of a restrictive eating disorder it is so easy in our culture to hold on to the habits and just disguise them as dieting, keeping fit, uh, living the healthy lifestyle. And actually, it's, it's still, it was still disordered eating. Um, and it wasn't until I found, well, body positivity, fat acceptance, and the kind of anti-diet movement that I really felt like my recovery had happened and had started. And um, yeah, I believe in recovered. I believe in recovered. I think... Either way, it's valid. Like, some people think you're always recovering and some people think you can be recovered. And, yeah, I I call myself recovered. That's great. So talk to me about community. I know you talked a bit about it before. And when I realized that we need a community to... I don't know if we need community, but it's definitely also where I found my people. Mm -hmm. Like, when you realize there are people out there who are just fat and existing and they seem happy. (laughs) What? Where? Um, (laughs) And then when you find this, like... Uh, fat liberation, fat acceptance, body positivity movement. Like, I, do you think you had the same experience with, as me where you're just like, oh my God. Yeah, holy shit, what is going on here? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and I, uh, I was also in denial about that. So I remember finding the first um, fat woman who was saying, I am happy in my body, I don't have to diet, neither do you. And I was like, bullshit, <laughs> you're lying to yourself, what is going on here? And I tried really hard to ignore it, and I tried to like go back to my freaking slimming world um, nonsense, and I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about this, this woman in this bikini, um, and yeah, it's like a world shift, isn't it? It's like, do I drop everything I have ever believed about my body and my weight and my worth and, and jump into this? And it's terrifying. Did yeah. you have that t- like scary moment? Oh, it was, you've spent, like, I started dieting when I was eight, and I think I stopped when I was 22. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of parties you've said no to, a lot of uh, boys you've not pursued because, oh, I'll wait till I'm thin. It's a lot of, uh, like, hunger. It's a lot of shame. It's a lot of, like, 36 diet books in my basement. There's a lot of money, time, and lost opportunities that you suddenly have to realize was all for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing you were trying to achieve, first of all, would probably never happen. But also, that you won't achieve that thing, which is happiness, what you think you will get. So it's a lot. You have to give up. You, yeah. you kind of have to admit that you've been a bit of a fool for about your entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's like, well, if I stop believing that dieting will be the magic key to happiness, what do I believe will make me happy? Mm. It's like, who, who am I? If I'm not the thin one, the dieting one, the one with willpower, etc., who am I? 
That is terrifying. Yeah, I, I did a documentary in Denmark about fat acceptance, and um, one of the things were like, um, try and uh, we're going to put me on the front cover of a magazine, like obviously not a real one, <laughs> because. <no. laughs> um, well, well, one day, one day, we'll my, get there. My dreams of becoming a model. <laughs> no. Um, but so they were like doing like the regular Photoshopy thing, which just automatically happens, and then the the guy who was doing it went, um, "Do you want me to make you thin?" Just as like an experiment, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." And he like, and I saw him make me thin, and it looked so real. And I was this was like a year, two years ago, so I was all all the way into body acceptance, and I loved my body, and everything was fine. And yet, I suddenly saw that woman that I always thought that I at some point would become. And for like thirty seconds, I was, and then it was almost like saying goodbye to this image and going. Yeah, but that's not a thing. That's not real. That will never happen. So even if it like it's not even an option. Yeah. yeah. And then go make me fat again. <laughs> undo, undo. Make me fatter. Make me fatter. <laughs> I will not succumb to this. <laughs> but it was still like the, that like idea of the um, in in the book I'm writing. I call it the inner thinny. Oh, have you also called it that? No, I'm, no that's Kanye the only reason. I just, I just apologize for ten minutes to Megan that I haven't read her book yet, and it's primarily because I'm so scared that she's written something that I'm also writing. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my god, have I stolen something from you? Uh, I call it the inner thinny, that idea of like one day, oh, mm-hmm. I'll be thin, and then this will happen, and then this will happen, yeah, yeah. and to kill her is oi. Absolutely, and also that um, like the I think I called it like the the when you're thin fantasy, something like that. Um, but that yeah, version of better. you, that when I'm thin. <laughs> That's much better. <laughs> the Let's fantasy. No. It's not even you, is it? Like, it's a completely different person. Like, yes. for me, yeah. I was I was so into the illusion that it was when I'm thin, I will be like wildly spontaneous and just like super laid back, like chill girl. <laughs> um, and in reality, I, uh, you know, I like to know my plans at least a week in advance. Um, <laughs> Exact times and everything. Uh, I, uh, I still play The Sims for entire days. You know, I'm not wild and spontaneous. I like structure and planning and video games. Yeah. <laughs> my... Nice. I think my, my thinny could sing. <laughs> and not, like, not just sing, but like my thinny was like... My thinny was like, wouldn't tell anyone. And then one day that'd be like a karaoke event. <laughs> Just with all of her friends. And then someone would have to go like, you should do it. And then it would be like a joke from that. They'd be like, Sophie can't sing. And then I'd be like, oh God. <laughs> and then, and it would just be, and I'm telling you I'm not going, but it would just be like. Wow. There's a lot of things different. <laughs> I feel like that in order to properly let go of the inner thinny, you should do that. While fat now. Yeah, but I can't sing is the whole thing. <laughs> it wasn't just that she did it, it was that she could do it. <laughs> she had a whole other skill set. <laughs> it's just another, it's just a complete, it's so additional, I think, but with like, you can sing. It's just not a thing. <laughs> okay, okay. We, will, we won't make you do it. We won't make you. Uh, no, no, of course not. No. <laughs> oh, imagine if I could, though. That would I be know. such a good... It's 99% of my fantasies is about me suddenly being able to sing. <laughs> That's why it makes me so angry when people go, everyone can sing. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I was going to say something. Uh, oh, the, I think the, one of the reasons why we think this or like this is, um, you know, like Fat Monica and Friends. Mm-hmm. 
when she's fat, she's also another person. Yeah. She's slouchy. She's like, she's, well, like Monica, it's very you know, strict and everything has to be clean and stuff. But fat Monica is a whole other person. Mm-hmm. And also clearly not a real fat person because you would never order pizza to a party yeah. <laughs> as a fat person. You yeah. pretend you've never eaten in your life <laughs> because of shame. Um, so it makes sense that we think that, oh, I'm going to be a more accomplished person when I'm thin. I'm going to be happier. Mm-hmm. I'll date Channing Tatum because he saw me at that karaoke gig. It's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> That's like a four-year fantasy. <laughs> wow. Well, what, but what do you replace it with? Like, now you get to replace it with like actual fulfilling life things. Look at you, you're on a freaking stage doing a live podcast, Sophie Hagen. Come on. Did I say your name right? I didn't, I, didn't, oh. I, was, I was gloating in the, in the lights. <laughs> I stopped listening after you said stage. <laughs> and I am, so, anyways. <laughs> but also, it's not even just that like life's better. It's also just like you're in life. Like you're mm-hmm. in, the, like this is it. If you think that you're going to do something when you're thin, like, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but you can do it right now. Yeah, yeah. If that even makes sense. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have told you the thing about the thinny who could sing. Um, <laughs> We're so, all just waiting now, aren't we? Like, just, just waiting for the beats. DJ? DJ? Have we got... <laughs> Channing? No, it's, I'd rather do it without her. It's like a thing we have. Um, So it's not good. Um, so I know you talk about, like, I feel like you've been asked so many of these questions before, like about maybe not that exact, uh, <laughs> that exact one. But um, so this is a, a question that I've just started asking people on the podcast. Um, what question, and I just have to, this question stems <laughs> from, uh, I asked this question to Westlife when I was 14. <laughs> and their answer was shit. <laughs> if anyone from West I've Sin, I'm sorry. <laughs> to be fair, if anyone from West I've Sin, get off the stage. <laughs> get up here, Nikki. Anyways. Um, <laughs> no, so I asked them when I was 13, they had a horrible answer, but I really liked the question. So I'll ask you the question, but okay. no pressure, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure. So I've, uh, I, I've seen the video of you meeting Westlife. It's not that question. Okay. Because I asked them quite a lot of questions. I was, in, I was interviewing them. It's what you have to do. Also, they made you sit on their lap? Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Creepy. They did do that. Go on. No, I just like thinking of it. Anyways. Um, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. That, that almost felt planned. <laughs> Could you at some point just uh, tell them that uh, I sat on Brian from Westlife? Thank you. No. Because I asked them... I asked them uh, I asked them, what would you do if I suddenly got turned into a turkey? That's not the question. Okay, okay. <laughs> Although... I mean, I would obviously take you in and raise you as my own. Yeah, but... She, 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 that, yeah, no, that is cute. <laughs> if you look apart from the, the... You're not answering the question correctly. Because what you're saying... Like, I suddenly just... Poof, oh, and then, okay. And yeah, then yeah. I'm a turkey. <laughs> like, mm. would you just go... Oh, okay. <laughs> She's my daughter now. <laughs> like, people would be screaming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because they were the same. They were like, I'd cook you for dinner. I'm like, what? <laughs> you saw me as a human and now I'm a turkey and you're just going to go, oh, well. You'd yeah. S- you'd scream at I least. I would be shocked. Yeah. Good. That's all I, okay. that's all, that's all I ever wanted someone to say. <laughs> no, the question is this. Sorry. 
<clears throat> I'm being silly. The question is, um, and I'll justify before I let you answer. So the question is, what question would you most want me to ask you? And that's based, <laughs> did someone groan at that? <laughs> is it Nikki? <laughs> Not this again. It's been 16 years. Anyways. Um, because, first of all, you've known that you were doing this uh, for a while, uh, so maybe you've had some thoughts about stuff you wanted to say, uh, but also you've been asked a lot of questions and interviews and stuff, and maybe there's been something that you've always kind of uh, just wished <laughs> people would mention. It could also just be like, oh, maybe you're listening to an album at the moment you really fucking love and you want to talk about it. Either way, what question would you most like me to ask you? The problem is... Um I don't think people want me to talk about my dogs for an hour. You don't know my audience. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever asked me about them there my whole life. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, um, I love talking about diets and why they're shits. Uh, I love talking about why body positivity has to be intersectional. Uh, I'm pretty... I, I don't think I've ever had, like, a... Oh, my God, I wish you could ask me that. Someone... Um, Someone asked me, like, what my favourite pasta was once. That was nice. Um, what, your favourite pasta? Yeah. Like dish? Yeah, that's what I took it as. Obviously, I don't know why uh, they're groaning at things. It's so <laughs> funny. Oh, I'm not your favourite pasta dish. I know. This is great content, you guys. I, I don't know. I want a refund. <laughs> what have you been listening to? This is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I made a pasta bake today. Did you? Yeah. What kind? Oh, Del Mio. Oh. Uh. Yeah, it's not, it's not home. It's just like it's not... I didn't make it from scratch. Did you put cheese on top? Oh, I put cheese on top. Did I put cheese on top? We can be friends, it's fine. fine. (laughs) So you still love talking about... um, What do you get out of talking about diets and and body positivity? What's that feeling you get when you talk about it? I think... Like when I when I first discovered it, it was probably the first time in my life that I had felt like truly like passionate, like this is what I'm here to do. Like I am here to like make sure that other people know about this stuff. Um, and it made me angry. I think like I had spent so like like pretty much all women, like I had spent so long in my life believing that I wasn't allowed to be angry about things. Mm-hmm. And then when I suddenly was like holy crap, I've been made to hate my body so other people can make money. Fuck this. And I was furious. Um, and I still, I don't know, like, if, if, if you get a good conversation going about it, like, I'm still, like, uh, I'm not going to, like, hulk out or anything. But um, it's still, yeah, it, it gets me that, like, passionate rage. Do you get that? Like, I recently was forced to watch something where the Hulk was in. And, <laughs> and a part of me was like, you're a white man nothing can make you that angry <laughs> like <laughs> show me one thing that can make you so f- angry uh, feminism <laughs> I would fucking love to see a remake where Hulk is just like an MRA just like <laughs> They're remaking Ocean's Eleven! No! (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember, like, and this might be very much me projecting, but do you remember the process of learning to be angry? Because when I learned to be angry, it was very much um, 
no anger, no anger, no anger, punch my friend, no anger. Because <laughs> I couldn't balance it. I didn't know what should make me angry and what should, you know, because it's just a new feeling that you're learning to, mm-hmm. like when you watch uh, like a toddler learn to walk and it's just like, bah, and then it crashes into a wall uh-huh. and you're like, well done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I, um, I was on a plane. Um, I, didn't get, <laughs> I didn't get angry on the plane. Though. That wouldn't have been pleasant. Um, but I was reading uh, The Beauty Myth. That was like my first like eye-opening book. Um, and I was on my way to a holiday, a holiday that I had spent the last uh, four months dieting to go on because that, that, that's what I did, you know, every single year. Bikinis coming out, let's lose three stone. Um, and so I just spent, you know, four months of my life cooped up doing exercise DVDs in my living room and then here I suddenly was being confronted with this truth that I didn't need to I hadn't needed to spend my life doing that um I did not know what to do with it I did not know what to do with it because at the time I wasn't like in the body positive community and I'd like I tried to find uh websites and I remember like googling body positivity or like body positive meetups I live in a very small seaside town in Essex um no yeah. that's my family no one else is from there no one else knows where it is um, I think it's still Nikki from Westlife uh, things have gone downhill uh, there, there are I not I stand by that I stand by that I know nothing about any of your cities but I like uh, trash talking them anyways go on <laughs> Anyway, I was not going to find like an outlet for my for my rage there, so I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I can't remember what I really what I really did with it. I think I just very like viciously swimmed around the pool on that holiday, just like <laughs> oh fucking diet industry, um, and that's and that's what I did until I like found the community and started writing very swear filled blog posts about it. Have you ever snapped at anyone? Have you ever had like a full on Hulk moment? Um, I. <sighs> I don't think so. I've had lots of fantasies about going into my old Slimming World group yes. and just, like, burning the place down. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I haven't acted on them. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's, let do it. Because I have a, a similar fantasy where... Um, you know those, um, like, trolleys, like the, fo- the things that you put, you put food on when you get room service? <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you wouldn't know them. Um, <laughs> Uh, but then, like, in movies, they can always hide, like, under the, mm-hmm. uh, under the thing. And then I, I want to put, like, cakes on top and then just move myself in. So all they see is just, like, loads of cakes just moving in. And then just... And then I explode, of course. Because I don't want to get them all on, on my side. Who, who's in the room? Oh, the slim... The, the, just, the, just thin people. The, well, the slimming world people. Oh, I see. Diet. Of course, in the headquarters. Is there a headquarters? <laughs> Are we still in a fantasy world now? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is there? Because <laughs> I, t- I remember my, my favorite thing was um, I did one of those and Slimming World type thing in Denmark. And um, it was like a 13-week blah thing. And the first thing we had to do was to have this uh, talk by a dietitian, nutritionist or whatever. And uh, she opened with something like, uh, and actually, not a lot of people know this, but not even all fruit is healthy. <laughs> actually, uh, one of the most dangerous, dangerous uh, fruits is bananas. <laughs> and, this, and this guy who was like in his 50s, had his wife next to him. He just went, for fuck's sake, Ellen! I have had bananas. He said, um, I've eaten seven bananas for breakfast for a month. <laughs> 
so funny. Oh, it was so funny. It made me so. But my uh, my angry moment. Uh, Eating so many bananas. I feel oh. so bad for that guy. I bet he doesn't even eat bananas anymore. Oh, he. I don't think he's married anymore. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Also, I love that it was her fault. Yeah. Like he couldn't choose his own breakfast. I think he's had like for thirty years. He's had like eggs and bacon for breakfast, and then Ellen came in and was like, "Well, I threw out your bacon. Here's a banana." And he'd been like, "Okay." <laughs> just it just build up every single morning. <laughs> Podcast, no one can see the actions. I, I think they knew. <laughs> I think people knew exactly what was happening there. I, my uh, my angry moment was in um, was in Dubai. I went to visit my brother, and he's a like a vegan, uh, raw food, uh, no carbs. Like he only eats like dirt, like <laughs> like he eats hair. Like I don't know. It's horrible. It's horrible. And I was raiding all his cupboards for something. And all there was was like almonds. And, uh, and I was just like, I just want to... So anyways, I went to IHOP. And, uh, and I was just eating my food. And it's just, it was hot. And I was like wearing uh, like not a full-on burqa, which is what people would have wanted me. Not because it's a religious country, just because they don't want to see my body. Um, and then this table full of thin women, hashtag yes, all thin women. Um, they start like, you know, like... Like whispering and kind of, you know, and every fat person knows exactly those, like what that looks like and how that feels. And then there was just that moment of like, you know what? No, no. And I, I was so full because I had like a burger and pancakes. And I <laughs> invited like the waiter back. Oh, invited. I told the waiter to get the fuck back to my table. <laughs> I miss. Um, and um, and I was like, I'll have another burger, please. And with fries and a milkshake. And I was like, I can't eat it. But then I, I really could. And they were, you could see they were like shocked. They're like, oh shit, that's, you know, it's like a stereotype coming to life. And then they arrived with the burgers and I was just eating it, looking at them, like looking them straight in the eyes. And they got so uncomfortable. They were just like trying not to look, trying to have like a conversation. And I was just staring at them. Just one fry after the other. Just like, fuck you. And they left. They fucking yes, left. Baby. <laughs> I love that. I was I love so it. full. <laughs> nothing good about that. <laughs> um, oh, I, it's so ironic. But it's one of the worst questions to be asked, like within the body positivity thing, is about health. Um, but I really want to hear you talk about it because it's not going to be horrendous. <laughs> I just, what, what do you, do? you get that quite, we were just talking about how you, well, out, yeah, shall I, shall I say? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. So I, um, I've never been like heckled, heckled, but I had one event um, that I was at with my friend Jolie and uh, it was a mother's body positive event. So it was for like new mums, body image, you know, the diet industry is super shitty to them. So we were going to go in, blast them with some body positivity, make them feel good. So we do the whole thing. I talk about eating disorders. I talk about dieting. And then it's all going well. So I think. Then one mum emerges from the back and, and she walked to the front with the, with the microphone she'd been handed um, and said, 
Don't you think, with a following like yours, you've got the responsibility to teach people how to be healthy? Um, and that wasn't even the bad bit, because then another mum stood up and clapped her. Passive-aggressively <laughs> clapped the woman heckling me. So um, not like sarcastically. Not no, like, well done, enthusiastically. Ellen. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was she loving was all, it, uh, living for it. Um, so the health question comes up all the time. And, and I know what you mean because you, you're almost like, are we still talking about this? Like, do we, are we still like justifying mm. the humanity of, of people based on their health? Like, come on, can we not? Also, it was uh, literally debunked in like the 80s. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, but if you don't talk about it, people are going to try and use it against you. So you have to, don't you? So basically, the health argument, blah, 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 as long as you're healthy. I go for a three-pronged attack. So... Um, <laughs> My, my first prong is um, the health at every size. The fact that it has literally been proven over and over again that you do not have to be thin to be healthy, to be physically healthy. Health comes in so many different shapes and sizes. Look it up. Um, <laughs> the second thing is that mental health is health as well. Because, you know, when you attack a fat person, you know, when a troll comes into the community and tells a fat person that they are, you're disgusting, you're a burden on the system, you know, really wants to hurt them, thinking that they're benefiting that person's health, what damage are you doing to that person's mental health? Why do you not consider that actually their mental well-being is just as important as whether they've eaten a vegetable today? Why is that not on your radar, right? So that's my second prong. And my third prong is that um, you don't need to be healthy to be worthy of like respect and to be a valuable human being like actually someone's health is is no more a measure of of them being a valuable human than anything else about them and you know unhealthy people are still worthy of respect you know and people with chronic illnesses or impairments are still worthy of respect like we need to stop using this as long as you're healthy as a way to determine whether we have to be good to people because it's just it's just bullshit isn't it It would have been so funny if just one person had stood up. <laughs> I was really hoping that would happen. Just, <laughs> just a mother. <laughs> um, if my like, if I if I may add a prong, which wasn't a sentence I thought I'd be saying today. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the word prong before. I like it. Um, what do you call the bits on forks? Fork what? legs? Sorry, that was much better. <laughs> what? Tackle. Oh, you're speaking Danish. That was a fuck <laughs> my head. That was so confusing. Tack tackle? Can I be the tackle? Tackle. Tackle. Jo, det kan godt være. Okay. Jeg tror, jeg tror hun leder efter ordet på på engelsk. So sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry about Croatia. That was so fucking shit, wasn't it? Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. Anyways, um, we we got the word in Danish. If that helps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I think I called it um, fork legs. Okay. Okay. Tell me your fourth fork anyway, leg. Oh yeah. Well, it's not. Re- it's not. E- <laughs> it. It's so 
when someone speaks Danish and you're English in your head, it's the weirdest thing. I can't explain. Anyways, <laughs> you just go, I understand it, but something feels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it's the, well, my prong is that the health, it's not about health. People saying, but what about health? They never mean health. They mean shut up. Like every single time it's been brought up, it's been when I've said something different. It's been when I've said, we should be allowed to walk down the street without getting abused, or we shouldn't be killed, or we should, we should be allowed to own clothes. Or we should. And then people go, but what about, like it has nothing to do with the thing that I was talking about. And then what happens, funnily enough, is that when you then answer the question, so I'll say, can I walk down the street without being abused? They'll say, but what about health? And then I'll say, well, here's the three prongs, <laughs> blah, 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 and then nothing. Then they say nothing, because what they've done is they've taken you away from that initial topic, and now you're not talking about that anymore. Now no one's talking about that, because everyone's thinking about health all of a sudden. Uh -huh. Then you answer the health, and then just nothing. And that's what they want. And that's what they want. Then you shut up. And that's been happening since the 80s when the first book about this was written. Yeah. Someone like emerging from a basement going, I fixed it. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, mm, yeah, though, but what about health? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <in the book. laughs> like, yeah, but what about health, though? It's so true. It's so true. They never, they never care about actual health. You know, I've never had a health concern troll like ask me like when I last went to the gynecologist. Or oh, um, how many glasses of water I've had to drink for the day. That's about health. They don't care about that. Oh, God. You just reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so, like, I consider myself fairly feminist and, like, way. And I went to the, first of all, I went to the doctor to register. And she was like, oh, you made a mistake. You said you moved here in 2012. And I was like, yeah. She's like, so you, this is 2018. So you've not been registered with a GP yet? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I see how it looks. Uh, but she also said, when was your last pap smear? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I feel like I've postponed that for mm, time. <laughs> anyway, she reminded me of that. Okay. Uh, and now everyone do you, knows. Do you need to make an appointment in your little... Yeah. <laughs> Just text me tomorrow. Oh, just yes. Like, um, I will message like you. A, a, Vagina checkup. A little emoji yeah. with a peach or something. <laughs> is that I don't butt? think the peach is for that. <laughs> what is it? What's the peach? The peach is a butt. It's right. <laughs> oh, shut up. It's close enough. <laughs> it's, it's, what is that no vagina thing? I don't think there is one, is there? Sorry, sorry. Oh, the taco. The taco. What? The taco. Ah, the taco. Or yeah. a cat, yeah. Oh, the cat. <laughs> also, also, I'm going to get complaints if I don't say this. Vulva. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I love my audience so much. <laughs> like, the complaints I get, are like, and they're so serious. I'm, hello, Sophie. I am writing to you to voice my concern because you wrote vagina and you mend vulva. And I'm like, mm. It's just lovely. It's just not the fan mail I thought I'd be receiving. It's like a, a little anatomical advice. It's wonderful. Um, so you, you seem to you work quite hard, don't you? Like within the like you, it's when I was listening to some of the the interviews you've done. And it's just a lot of you work, like you're educating people. 
And seemingly, a lot of the times, it's just like for free. It's like your job is just to educate people on all of these issues. It feels quite, I don't want to say thank you, but, like, <laughs> but you know, because you know, that would be weird. Let's <laughs> not do that. <laughs> but did you, like, this is like your full-time job, is to be this advocate. Am I wrong? I mean, to, to some extent, I guess I am... Um also, author. Sorry. Thanks. Yeah, write book. Um, I, it it kind of makes me sound naive, but I um, I really did start this just to be like, hey, everyone, like, look at this thing. Like, I want to tell as many people as possible about this, and I still feel that way, which is um, it's probably quite strange because you know I I don't have to do that anymore really, and I could kind of just sit back and be like, all right, job done. Um, but there's there is still so much bullshit out there to be tackled. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird question. I've never been asked that before. <laughs> That's all I want. So I just want to fluster you a bit. Okay. Can you use that as a verb? Maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> I want to fluster you. That sounds very bad. I'm not sure if I like that. Uh, is that with a taco emoji or a peach emoji? <laughs> It's the hand and then the taco. <laughs> hashtag me too. Hashtag me too. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm gonna check because I don't want to run over. Um, oh, we're fine. So, what, tell me about your dogs. <laughs> uh, I. Has anyone seen the meme where it's like, whenever someone gives me a chance to talk about my dog, then it's a guy at a podium, just like <laughs> really ready. Um, so one of my dogs looks like the dog on my dress. Uh, she's a Cairn Terrier cross. She's a little fluffy and feisty. And the other one is called Bella, and she's a, a spaniel. She's a little baby, and I carry her around everywhere. And she's just oh, ridiculous. You didn't bring her today. No, she doesn't like people. <laughs> <laughs> the last one in that sentence could have killed me. <laughs> you like she doesn't like you. Uh, <laughs> I played, I played your podcast once and she just screamed. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was in a park um, and uh, a woman came up with her dog and it was like jumping up and down and she went, oh, it never does that with anyone. I think it likes you and that is the best compliment I've received in 10 years. I was like, oh, so that's the best thing. I, that's all I need is for this dog with like no personality, just <laughs> it only likes me. I was yeah. like, well, you should give it to me. <laughs> Good. You're doing something wrong, clearly. <laughs> Did you have food in your pocket? <laughs> Not that I'm making an assumption. Are you, s- <laughs> are you saying that just because I'm fat? <laughs> I wasn't. I ate it on the way there because I can't keep those bloody snacks away. Anyway. <sighs> oh, it's, a long, it's a long day, isn't it? Um, <laughs> oh, I just... This is a ba- I just thought about Croatia again. It's really sad. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it's your... F- I, okay, so I guess what I want to ask is, the, when you look back, because I know you're, you're being asked this a lot, and I know your book has... Because uh, <laughs> I've skimmed it. I know, there's <laughs> I know there's bits about this in there. Your main kind of advice, like your main kind of... Because, I mean, there w- I feel like we're quite lucky to have reached this point mm. where we've managed to let go of the inner thinny trademark and, 
and we, you know, we've had, you've had that um, beauty myth moment on the plane, uh, and I've had my angry Dubai burger moment, and we've kind of <laughs> come over to this point now where we're actually quite fine, but so many people are not. So what's the main thing that you tell people when they're like, help, how do I do this? I um, I think it's really important for uh, people to recognize that none of this has actually been their fault. I think that was a big turning point for me, recognizing that actually I, I didn't choose to be born into a world that was so obsessed with thinness that it breaks people. Like I didn't choose to be brought up with diet culture all around me with one single image being idolized in the media for my entire adolescence. None of us actually chose that. And none of us chose to have our body image manipulated by the diet industry to make money. And that kind of, hang on a minute, I didn't do this to myself. Like I think particularly because the diet industry is so good at convincing us that we are to blame, that it is our fault, that we don't work hard enough, that we don't have enough willpower, that if we just did better, we could be happy. And actually recognizing that that is so false that is actually a complete distortion of the truth because the truth is that it has never been our fault it has absolutely never been on us to solve these things that were taught to us by the diet industry to begin with because that's what happens right it's it's hey look at this body part we've decided this is a flaw now there you go, now you believe it, give us your money to fix it. Um, we had no part in that. And so when I really tapped into, into that, that made me believe that I deserved better. And I think that's what other people need to get to of that moment of actually I don't deserve this. Like I have deserved better than this from the start. Like the very first moment that I thought my body was wrong, I did not deserve to feel that way. Eight-year-old you did not deserve to feel that way. Like 10-year-old me did not deserve to be dieting. That was it for me. Um, and that's, yeah, that's where I try to get, to get everyone else to as well. Yeah, it's kind of the same. It's, and realizing that we've been set up to fail as well. Mm-hmm. Like when, I remember the first time hearing the statistic of 95% of people dieting, like it'll bounce back and you'll end up being fatter than you were when you started. Mm-hmm. And you kind of realize, oh, this is like, that's not because 95% don't, work hard enough this is mm-hmm. I was always going to fail yeah. and we've all had the end of a diet like when you binge and you hate yourself and that was never going to be that that was always going to be like that was the plan that was always going to happen you couldn't have done anything to change it yeah exactly and like the the myth that like you fail a diet because you don't work hard enough dieters are some of the most hard working people you could meet because who would do something like over and over and over again and fail and fail and fail and fail and still get up and try it again like that is working hard uh, without any without any like anything back to you um what did you say before that wait wait what, when you said something and I, I don't worry i've forgotten my train of thought but <laughs> it's you can, you can just hear it back later okay okay yeah true yeah so it's it's not that it's not that you don't work hard enough it's it's that we are just biologically programmed to not stick to diets. And this is what people don't realize as well is, um, you know, I, when I first found people saying like, you know, diets don't work, I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, well, actually, when I was on Swimming World, I lost. <laughs> um, and when I actually saw the evidence in writing and the explanation that, you know, when, when we diet, our bodies go into starvation mode like we we kind of go back to um when we were hunter gatherers and you know in times of famine we used to need to be able to shut down our metabolism because if there wasn't going to be food we had to survive um 
and we are still able to do that now. So when we go on a diet, our bodies go, shit, it's a famine, hold on to your fat stores and lower your metabolism and don't budge. Like our bodies know where they want to be. That was a mind-blowing thing as well, like set point weight theory, that each of our individual bodies have a set point weight that they want to be at. And you can try, you can try everything you have to get it below that, but ultimately it's going to go back because that's where it wants to be. Uh, That was mind-blowing to me, like the idea that maybe my body knew better than Slimming World. Um, Not to continually bash on Slimming World, all other diet groups are applicable. Um, But yeah, that, that was, yeah, holy shit, maybe my body knows best. Mind-blowing. Did you ever do Slim Fast? Yeah, yeah, I did, I, I, I did pretty much all of them. The, fu- the fucking do, uh, Beyonce one. Did you do Dr. Phil's son's diet book? What's it called? <laughs> well, his name is Jay McGraw. You would have known because he was very much okay, like, no. hello, I'm Dr. Phil's son. <laughs> um, it was how he started every chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, you should uh, not eat bananas, and I know that because I'm Dr. Phil's son. Uh, Dr. Jay McGraw. <laughs> Um, <laughs> was that the whole plan? It was, it was the same as all of them. I just, like, when I, did you go on the thinking diet? There was one way, if you just, I lo- it was my favorite one because it was really colorful. And also it said, like, you don't actually have to change anything, just think differently. Ah, think thin. <laughs> Possibly, yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> um, it was a, I had it in Danish, so. I see. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? Um, no, I remember it was like, take another route home instead of the one you usually have. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, oh, I want to... Um, oh, shitting hell. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, whoopsie. Um, <laughs> I hardly ever swear. Um, okay, because I was going to ask if anyone had a question, but we, we need to ask the last question. Does anyone have like a burning question that they really want to ask? You don't have to dig deep. It's only if you have something where you're like... Ah! Oh, please, someone stand up and say what about health, because that would be so funny. <laughs> and then someone clap. Someone stand up and clap them. <laughs> I, was there a hand over there? Yeah, shout. So the question is, just in case we don't get that on the mic, the question is, uh, how would you introduce someone to the realm of body positivity if they're, not, if they're like young and... And they're like 10 years old and maybe not allowed on Instagram. How would you introduce them to this? Um, I, uh, I would probably start by kind of sneaking in just diverse people for them to look up to because you know they they already have this image of who's who's being celebrated which body types are being held up you know who are the heroines in their favorite like books or films or whatever and um trying to sneak diversity into them that way that's really important uh you could also watch documentaries like embrace it's a good body image documentary it's a good like starter into it it's um it's not to adults it talks about the issues and I think as well a huge a huge thing that I wish I had when I was a kid was people talking positively about their own bodies around me Um, and I had a little bit so my friend Jolie who's here right now when we were 12 years old she uh, came up with a website at school called (laughs) (laughs) www.flabulous.com When we were 12 years old, and um, she didn't give a shit about, uh, about being thin. She, was, she would talk about how much she loved her, like, chunky thighs. Um, and it made a difference. Like, just having, having people in my life who didn't put themselves down, who didn't talk about dieting, who, who just liked themselves. So that's something, like, so, so simple that we shouldn't underestimate the value of doing. 
What you got? Anything? No, you said it all. Oh. I was going to say all of that, <laughs> <laughs> but I would have sung it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <I'll, laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, I'll ask you the, the last question, and I always ask this successfully. Um, <laughs> okay. So this this is a scenario. Uh, you've just been born. And you are holding yourself as a baby, like now, you now are holding yourself as a baby, and you've just been born. And teeny tiny Megan is screaming and crying because she's just been born, and there's lights and sounds everywhere, and it's very terrifying because she was used to this nice warm womb, and now everything's scary and loud. And you know that up until the point where you're at now, life's going to be scary and loud. There's going to be lots of lights and sounds, but it won't be that. It'll be dieting, anorexia, all these horrible things that um, tend to happen in life. Um, so you can say something to little Megan to maybe make her feel a bit more calm, if that's what you want. Uh, you can't change the future. You can't change anything. Uh, but what would you say to teeny tiny baby Megan? Does she understand me? Yes, she understands you. <laughs> oh, damn, I'm Otherwise, smart. Otherwise, shit question. <laughs> um, I I think I would try to make baby Megan believe that everything that she will go through her life trying to get from other people and from food and from diets and, and everything that she is seeking to make herself whole, she was born with it. And she... God, this, sorry, it's quite cliche. Um, and that she, she has it. She already has it. She already has everything she needs to be a whole human being inside of her and she doesn't need to spend her life trying to get it in ways that hurt. I think that's too complex for a baby to grasp. <laughs> I really do. But I'd give it a good go. Do you still need to be told that sometimes? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, I... Um, <laughs> I, I spend like my like every day like my whole life kind of shouting into the like abyss of the internet like you are valuable you are good enough you are worthy you get you deserve to feel good about yourself and I still feel like utter wank some days um, <laughs> and I think that is just human isn't it and and all that I am trying to do now you know I'm not I'm not trying to say like oh I should I shouldn't feel like that I'm not allowed to feel like that but just give myself permission to be human um oh your podcast is about humans isn't it um <laughs> the thing is megan we are all <laughs> sorry go on that was it, That's it. and time for the song imagine if i actually ended every episode with and that's why we're all That will never happen again. That is so. <laughs> that would be Jay McGraw, Dr. Phil's son's way of doing a TV show. Uh, <laughs> right. So you have a book out. T tell plug, plug away. What do you want people to to? Uh, where can people find you? What do you want people to? Cool. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Body Posi Panda, and my book is called Body Positive Power, and it is absolutely everything in the entire world that I know about body image, diets, why we hate our bodies how we can stop hating our bodies. So yeah, that is my 
offering to the world. That's my baby. It's my book baby. So body positive power, and that's it. And uh, by the way, thank you all for coming here and listening to us talk. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Give it up for Megan Crab. Sophie. so much for listening i'm sorry for laughing that's that's a horrible outro isn't it i just um i wanted to open the list of people supporting this uh podcast over patreon so i could say thank you to them and uh instead i opened a recipe for ice cream and i was like yeah that's that makes sense and i'd forgotten that i was planning on making ice cream but um yeah <laughs> i guess i will uh yeah so thank you so much for listening to this with megan crab she's um she's so sweet so so sweet and uh, and I know that a lot of people afterwards felt quite emotional about the whole thing, and maybe you do as well. Um, I hope all my silly jokes didn't ruin too much for you. Um, so I'm going to quickly say a thing that you need to know if you're... Um, so if you're ever planning on seeing me live... So basically, in my last couple of tours, I've had a lot of focus on making my shows, uh, like the toilets and the venues, making them gender neutral, having wheelchair accessible uh, um, venues, and making all the shows anxiety safe, and my shows have had trigger warnings on them. And um, so that's all something I can do. It's still difficult, but that's something I can do to an extent, because it's very hard finding venues that can do this. It's very hard um, doing the admin and... It's also something I can only do when the show is done and finished and it's my own tour. Now, within comedy, there are loads of different types of shows. And sometimes I do mixed bill shows where it's me and three or four other comics and I'm just being paid to do 20 minutes. With shows like that, I can't guarantee that the venue is accessible and I can't guarantee a trigger warning. I can't, um, I can't do anything. That's just me kind of doing my job. I have no power over that whatsoever um then there's the whole process of doing of writing a show like doing work in progress shows or uh, previews which i can never give you a trigger warning for because i don't know what i'm gonna say (laughs) until i'm on the stage and my mind is just saying every single word that comes into it to try and find out if something is a joke or not, or if something can be funny, or if something fits into a story, and, and then one thing will remind me of something, another thing, and then, so I, I can't, and I need that kind of creative space to just talk, and I can't promise that that's not going to be triggering for anyone, so if you have triggers and stuff, like work in progress shows, uh, you might want to um, prepare yourself, or <laughs> not show up for those. Now, what I want to do, because I understand that this can be a bit confusing, and I've had a few emails from people um, who had been a bit shaken by certain gigs and stuff where I had no way of of doing what is essentially the right thing. So, um, so what I want to say, I want to create a culture where you all know that if you have a need, if you have like a trigger something or if there's something that you would like for me to do that I can do and I'm not sure I I can't promise anything but um, I'm going to have an email address that you can email Uh, I think tour at sophiehagen.com still works and then you can just say hi uh, do you mention bananas because I have a trigger with bananas and I can say 
no, or yes, or whatever, or I don't know yet. Or you can say, I have anxiety, I'm coming to this show, or I have this thing and I'm coming to that show, or whatever it is. And then I'll, we'll try and do it on a, a case-by-case basis, because, um, like, I'm going on a, well, it's not official yet, but there will be another tour, and we're starting to look at venues, and there's not that many venues, you'd think there were more, because it all has to fit together with dates and um, ticket prices and capacity and, uh, you know, what month it's in and when people send out their newsletters and the, the, how, the people working together with other people and how good there are certain other things. So, and I'm, I'm, this isn't my job. I have people who do this uh, for me. So I, I'm not even halfway into knowing all the things that it takes, but it's very, very, very difficult to make everything come together. So I would rather take it on a case-by-case basis and make sure that, you know, that we can make it comfortable for you um, if we can, basically. I want to do my my very, very best, but my God, it's complicated. So what I want to say is um, there's on my website, sophiehagen.com, S-O-F-I-E-H-E-G-E-N. You can go through the accessibility um, accessibility thing. Like I made like a page called accessibility and... um, you can read some more details about this. But um, just so you don't go to my shows and <laughs> please don't go anywhere expecting... Don't go anywhere expecting it'll be a safe space because safe spaces um, don't exist. It's dangerous to assume that a place is a safe space because you might let your guard down. That sounds scary. But um, <laughs> just um, that's how people get hurt <laughs> if they assume that... Um, there are spaces where people can't hurt you. That's the whole point. That's why we need uh, protection. <laughs> we need people to do stuff. That, uh, anyways, all of that. So, uh, that being said, um, <laughs> thank you for listening to this uh, episode with Megan. One of the ways that you help me quite a lot is by uh, messaging, well, tweeting at or commenting uh, on my guests' social media to let them know that you were grateful that they did the podcast. That helps so, so much, and I'm very, very happy uh, when you do that. Uh, another thing that you do is you support the show financially, and I cannot begin to express how much that means. I mean, like tonight on stage with Megan, it just felt it felt so powerful because we are creating something that's spectacular. Like, we're creating something... And I'm not saying it's so good that it's spectacular. I'm just saying, like, what is spectacular is that that you're the reason this happens. So I'm a person who, for many reasons, don't get booked for, like, a lot of stuff. You know, I'm not all over television, for example. You know, I'm not, like, your most mainstream comedian you know I make people upset a lot because I'm angry and feminist on the internet and blah 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 blah. so instead of (laughs) paying my rent with um you know doing gigs to uh like I did a, a a gig a few like a month or so ago where uh like I was trying to do like a bit about feminism and this man started heckling and shouting and and I was just thinking, I'm so grateful that I don't have to do these gigs in order to survive, that I have my podcast, which is just me talking to cool people about life. And that's great. Like, that's what you make happen. That's what's spectacular is that we don't need someone to give us permission to do this. So uh, that's 
that's why I want to say thank you for supporting it financially, because you are part of something that I am very grateful for. So the people supporting it financially, people give um, uh, occasional uh, um, <laughs> I was about to say tributes, that's not the right word, donations via PayPal. You can do that on sovieng.com. Um, no, not Sovieng, of course not. Madeofhumanpodcast.com. It's like a support thing, and you can go and donate whatever you feel like you can afford. Or you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. <laughs> you know how to spell com. Um, uh, forward slash Mopod, M-O-H-P-O-D. And you can become a patron. Now, that means all you do, you sign up, you decide how much you want to give per episode, and then you fulfill the thing, and then once a month it'll just deduct the amount of how many episodes were released from your account. It's so simple, it's so easy. And if you give more than $5 per episode, it's dollars, I don't know why, use a converter, um, you can hear me butcher your name, <laughs> because then I will read your name out loud on this podcast. Uh, you can also choose to not be read out loud. That's another thing. You can It all makes sense on the website. But I've already been rambling for way too long, and I'm tired, and um, <laughs> I've started to just be just be more rambly and that's a never-ending circle i'll never get out of so um i want to thank these people who are supporting with uh, five dollars or more per episode i want to give a huge thank you to these heroes whose names i will never forget it is kathy draxelbauer robert knowles eve Wingrith, phil vapolis katrina <laughs> oh god katrina engelson rachel furley zoe cumberland rachel ayres nina collingwood M My mia rainey Claire McCowlin, Paul Swaddle, Sarah Allard, Ronya Ronya, uh, Robert Lee Can, Kat Posse, Ragdoll, Jessica, Sheena Machette Cole, Jane Mahoney, Mansour Mir, Hannah Keel, Helena Thomas, Josie, Lily, Harry Minnett, Cecil Fjeltun, Rachel Hemsley, Maury Fraser, Lucy, uh, Susie Tyler, Kirsten Davidson, Purdy Pat. Purdy Patterson, Steph Reen, Ruth Harvey, Katie Hatfield, Robin Kappa, Karen Threthaway, Russell Hughes, Ida Sugo Larson, Inga Ellingson, Dr. Boda Cycle, that's Sack, <laughs> Squish, Squash, Squelch. You can change your name, and that's an excellent way of doing it to make me say it slower. Emma Walton, Andy Walker, Claire, Danny Beckett, Fiona Richardson, Cat uh, Pillar, Harold Van Dyke, Eleanor, Sarah Ferreira Agassiz, and Daniel Reifershade. Oh, what a bunch of heroes. Thank you uh, so much for supporting this. Thank you to everyone who helps out. Thank you to the Soho Theatre for having uh, me today and with Megan. Thank you to Sarah Gowie for producing this episode, to Bailey Leonard for writing and recording the jingle, to Linda Brinkhouse for the logo, and to where I usually do the episodes when it's not uh, Soho Theatre, to the Phoenix Artist Club and to Peter Dunbar for letting me record episodes there and thank you of course to Megan Crab for being uh, an excellent guest. Now I will sleep, you will do whatever you're doing and I will speak to you next Wednesday and uh, 